You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. I know you're waiting for our tagline, 40 years or of. It's coming. First, if you own a retail business and accept credit cards, your customers are getting points, miles, and all sorts of rewards every time they use their card, and you're paying the price. That's why NRS Pay, a product of National Retail Solutions, a division of the IDT Corporation, offers its cash discount program, FeeBuster. You can start accepting credit cards for free. If your business processes over $18,000 a month, you pay no monthly fee and $0 out of your pocket for transaction. This means you, as a retailer, can enjoy the benefits of accepting plastic and your customers still get those crucial miles they crave and need. NRS Pay FeeBuster provides every client with a free credit card reader with no long-term contract, no early termination fee, cancel anytime without a penalty. I'm personally familiar with this company, and they truly stand by their product, and they'll help you with live, stateside-based customer service on any issue or question. Visit nrspay.com or call 833-289-2767 to learn more about NRS Pay and the fantastically fair fee buster. And now, Emeritus Rex. 40 years ago, this is Emeritus Rex with Rabbi Ruben Yeshua Pupko. Boy, there's been a lot happening, Rabbi P. As we speak, I've been getting some alerts from various agencies and that the Azakat, the alarms have gone off all over Eretz So why don't you give us a little background from, from where you're sitting about, about how this how this stuff started coming down and what it portends. This is, uh, this is different than um, other recent violence between uh, Gaza and Israel. It's different. The last one was, um, you know, May 2021, if I recall correctly, last significant one, although there's been obviously shootings in between and and, uh, launches of rockets, but this is a little bit different, uh, maybe significantly different in that, the target is specifically and exclusively Palestinian Islamic Jihad, which is a uh, an organization based in Gaza, a client of Iran, which is a competitor for Hamas, and therefore Hamas and, and is, is certainly not displeased to see their competitor uh, brought low, uh, which explains why Hamas till now hasn't in any way supported the PIJ in any of this, and Israel is not attacking Hamas sites or any targets associated with Hamas and the leadership in Gaza. This is a Palestinian Islamic Jihad against Israel. These specific events began when Israel, Israeli intelligence picked up on the fact that they were about to initiate launches against Israel, the launches of, launching of rockets, and they took out a, a squad of rockets they responded. Israel responded, and Israel's responding in a in a surgical way against PIJ sites, uh, weapons storehouses, uh, launch sites, even the leadership, and uh, and Israel's doing what it has to do. Uh, I hate to say this, but the people I talk to in Israel are almost blasé about this. In that, it's become part of this sad routine. No one sees any kind of end to this kind of uh, attention. No one sees a, a, you know, a long-term solution to any of it. And this is just what Israel has to live with. It's what's called mowing the lawn, as they call it. 
it seems that the from the way you're describing it, they somehow got some new intelligence that pushed them to right. take them out. And and of course, it, what happened, what they didn't want to happen occurred because right after they took them out, the barrages began. The rocket launches happened anyway. Of course, the Iron Dome, I think, pretty much protected most of uh, from any uh, casualties. I don't believe as at this uh, this recording that there were Israeli casualties from these rocket launches. Oh, there have been so far. I mean, there have been some hospitalizations due to stress and people falling and hurting themselves, running to, to bomb shelters. Uh, the Hebrew name of the uh, operation is Magain Vachetz, Shield and Arrow. I'm assuming it has to do with the timing around Lag Baimer. I'm assuming that's why they called it this. Personally, I would love uh, to have that job as the guy in charge of naming Israeli operations. I think mm-hmm. it's a great job to have. I'm assuming it's one full-time employee. If they offered me a job, I would go on Aliyah because I think we can come up with better names for operations. Yeah, let's think about, can we maybe call one, um, you know, falafel pita? I mean, that would be I would something. call one Oh, you want to be Talmudic. You yeah. don't want to be specifically Israeli. No, uh-huh. I want to be Talmudic about it. Yeah, well, I mean, we joke about this, and it's only, I mean, like you say, you can only make light of this. I'll tell you who's actually making light and being cynical about it, uh, Netanyahu's critics, who say that somehow this was an invention in order to get Ben Gavir into the coalition stronger. Again, and this but was this a way to. The official opposition leader has been very supportive. Those voices are, I, I, I think I would call them fringe voices, depending on what you read, I guess, and your perception of what's mainstream. There's no question that this has silenced, you know, the extreme right, which is on the verge of hysteria because BB sounded too reasonable on judicial reform. And uh, also there was a return of a, of a terrorist body or something. They were getting excited about other things. But this has certainly quieted all that down. I think I don't think that's the reason for this. I don't I don't believe that this is it's clear that this was a long planned operation. Because in order to acquire the number of targets that Israel was able to successfully destroy, is it, it takes a lot of work. This is months and months mm-hmm. of planning that go into this in order to, to know where to hit. And again, Israel is not only the best army in the world, but by far, by any objective measure, the most, the single most ethical army in the world. We all know how many civilians were killed in American operations in Afghanistan, how many wedding parties they mistakenly hit. And here Israel goes into crowded Gaza from the air and is able to, to you know, to target things that are in the midst that are specifically and deliberately put among civilians and not harm civilians. Right. Most right. right. of the civilian casualties in the last few days have been caused by failed PIJ rocket attacks. Yes, well, you know, I know in the Cheder Atum, people are taking their breaths if when they go in there and they have everything stored. And there was one woman who was writing from her her bomb shelter area, and it was published by, of course, our good friends in Haaretz, that says as much as she feels herself a victim of all these uh, rocket launches and having to upset her life, she doesn't see how things are changing. And she believes that these strikes that are carried out, just like the Hydra, another person will rise to take the uh, the place. Right. And no, that's that- what I'm saying. There's no long-term solution here. The only long-term solution would be a complete and total reoccupation of Gaza, which nobody in Israel is advocating for. 
and uh, or and everyone understands the price that Israel would pay uh, for something like that, in both in casualties and in international standing. Yeah, yeah. Let's sound like a broken record now and bemoan the uh, Secretary General of the UN and others who once again equate the indiscriminate bombing of civilians by Islamic Jihad uh, with uh, the Israeli response. They, they seem to be mouthing some of the right words. Oh, we we you know, we respect Israel's right to defend its Listen, the we, British, we condemn we the condemn the, the Americans have been good. Uh, they, they've supported Israel. They vetoed a. Uh, you know, some kind of statement from the Security Council. Uh, you know, it, it, listen, it, this is everybody plays their role here. Everybody is well rehearsed. We've all seen this <laughs> yeah. too many times. Everybody says what they, they've always said. Both those who support and, and attack Israel are saying everything they've always said before. This is. You know, I was talking. Well, well forgive me for trying to insert some novel aspect into no, something. No, which, uh, this, is, this is this is just the old play going on and on. It's just and, a different. But again, it is different. In it, listen, it, it could change in a moment. But what's really different about this one is Hamas standing on the sidelines with their arms folded, watching their competitor being taken out by Israel, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and that's what's happening. Listen, all of that could change. What I mean by that is if one. Israeli attack goes awry and there's significant uh, civilian casualties in Gaza, Hamas may feel they have no choice but to join in. Uh, But right now they aren't. Also, uh, right now there are ceasefire talks being handled by the Egyptians. There's an Egyptian delegation on their way to Israel. The sticking point seems to be a demand by uh, those in Gaza for a return of, of of, of the guy who died in the hunger strike, which was, again, one of the contributing factors to the renewed tension. There was a, a PIJ leader who who died of a hunger strike in Israel, and Israel's not returned to that body. I guess what they don't want to make a, uh, a martyr, a greater martyr of him than possible. I mean, if they return the body, it's, it's for the bodies of, of, of the two soldiers in Israel and from Israel and Gaza. Mm-hmm. And, and so far, you know, the people they're, they're negotiating with have, don't have, don't control those bodies. Hamas does. Rabbi, we mentioned people just acting according to script and going through almost the motions of what usually happens. Let's talk about another person who seems to be um, responding to script. One of our favorite topics here on the Meredith Rex, uh, Donald J. Trump, who has in many ways checked the same boxes again. We know that uh, the New York uh, in the New York court uh, in a civil court case ruling, Trump was found guilty of defamation of character. Or, what, what's uh, the expression? Of, what, what's that expression in Yiddish? If it wasn't my this, it'd be funny or something. I'd laugh too. The truth is, he's enormously entertaining. If he was <laughs> innocuous, uh, the problem is you have too many idiots on the right saying things like, "What about Bill Clinton? <laughs> what are you trying to say that that Bill Clinton was okay? No, he wasn't okay either." I mean, children learn two wrongs don't make a right. I mean, you know that. I mean, what, what does that even mean? I, you know, and then he defended the, you know, the, the rioters again. He, he's completely nuts. Let's just, you know, let's just remind people about Eugene. You know, Eugene Carroll wasn't exactly a, what we call a sterling witness. She she wasn't sure when it happened. She wasn't and, sure what uh, year it was. Yeah, she wasn't sure. Right, she wasn't sure what year it was, and she wasn't exactly sure where it was, and. um Again, you know, she didn't make the uh, she didn't uh, report the rape. Uh, it was only when, you know, the whole media was turning against Trump that she decided to come out with the New Yorker article. 
I, I, although it's very recent history, I think some people are, are already forgot some some very interesting parts of the story, which is that the whole Me Too movement, which ended up ensnaring you know Matt Lauer, Harvey Weinstein, and whoever else, that was kind of triggered by Trump. In other words, it was Trump in the crazy Access Hollywood uh, audio where he talks about grabbing people and women, I should say, and and, and that that really triggered. The Me Too movement, and now finally, it's come back to get the guy that was the catalyst for a mm-hmm. lot of this. You mentioned the fact Trump uh, being found guilty and by various courts might be the only thing that can stop him. But obviously, he's going to. He's, this isn't going to really affect him at all. I mean, he's actually going to use this to indicate what sort of martyr he is. Supposedly, you know, there, there were so many. The, they've Trump's lawyers have uh, petitioned for a mistrial here in this case. And and he's got, remember the other case that is still pending, which is the case, the Stormy Daniels case. He's really, he's he's happy. There's a couple other cases out there. The the important case. The the Georgia case, yeah. There's the Georgia case where he pressured Georgian officials to basically commit fraud. So there's a bunch of cases out there with Trump. But um, right, listen, Trump cannot win the presidency. He can't. There's no way he can win the presidency. His only chance, the only slight chance he has is because he has the enormous muzzle of running against a guy who's senile. And if he can pull off what he pulled off in 2016, uh, you know, in the swing states in the Electoral College victory, you never know. But that's a small chance. These, In other words, let me, let's, let's be blunt. He got 46% of the vote in 2016 when, 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 he, when, when he ran. Is anybody who didn't vote for him in 2016 going to vote for him in 2024? No. Are there people who voted for him in 2016 who will not vote for him in 2024? Yeah. Absolutely. Hordes. So, I, I would so, say even I would say even the the ones the 74 million people who voted for him in 2020, I would assume many of them have become disaffected and disillusioned from him as well. But I don't know. Perhaps and I. And again, I, he I, has, also has the enormous muzzle of so far. Not having to compete right, with any serious with, contender right. in the Republican primary, and I say that guardedly, based on again, you know, just recent stuff, but that can change quickly. Is Ron DeSantis not not, not taking off uh, like many people hoped? Listen, what the Republicans need is a normal person, right, like Mitt Romney, to yeah. make the economic case against Biden and how his policies have triggered. Yeah. Uh, this t- terrible inflation and possibly a recession. Yeah. And um, by, uh, by the and, way, you know, when we talk about Mitt Romney and we talk about, of course, I remember his dad, George. You might remember George Romney from uh, the governor of Michigan. But Mitt seems to have been squeaky clean. And and and, and Obama and his team did a hatchet job. On oh, him. Well, I did. mean, they yeah. they oh. made this squeaky clean, decent, nice person seem like the most devilish and uh, one, of the, one of the reasons that their criticism of Trump didn't resonate, to put it mildly, <laughs> is because they had been demonizing Republican candidates as, you know, as, as as racist since Reagan, if not earlier. So, you know, the Democrats overused the Nazi line and, yes. and it, when they needed to use it. Again, it would have been inappropriate anyway. But when they when they used the racist line, let's say against Trump, you know, it, you know, it, it was part of the atmosphere already. Like it didn't mean anything, right? Right. But but what I'm saying is, even the most normal of Republican candidates 
you know, once we've now equated republicanism with racism, with xenophobia, with 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 fascism, the way you know you hear it all the time. You know, the Republicans are fascists, the Republicans are destroying, the Republicans are the ones that are not willing to negotiate, the Republicans are the ones I mean, just even being Republican, the the, the left has done such a great job to turn Republican into a, 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 you right know, again. A, a, I, I wouldn't say they've done a great job. They have great cap power because of the, you know they control the levers of the culture and, and the and, and, and much of the mainstream media. They but again when they say when Biden puts out his video about you know his can launching his campaign and he's talking about you know how the, how the Republicans want to restrict voting rights. That's insanity. Everybody knows that they call this crazy boycott of Georgia over the new laws. And what ends up happening, right, the the Major League Baseball pulled the All-Star game out, right? Everyone went crazy. And black voter participation went up, you know. So, you know, so the stuff the Democrats are saying, I I think, uh, have less and less impact uh, just because of their obvious, uh, you know. I I don't think, you know, I disagree. I think that the lie is repeated over and over again, and it's taken up by a very powerful aspect of the electorate, which is the uh, African-American or black Americans who I think, you know, although there are some like Candace Owens and others and Tim Cotton and others who are strong Republicans and understand Seichel, and, and you see how uh, the, the the tendency to to immediately assume the worst, to automatically put things into these boxes of the of the southern plantation racist beating uh, the hell out of the poor uh, victim as we see the reaction to the the killing of the of, of ne- Jordan Neely in New York subway right. listen you can make a strong case that the marine who subdued him and inadvertently killed him should be charged with some kind of manslaughter uh, offense and you know uh, unintentional um, manslaughter uh, eric adams the mayor of new york understands the situation better than anyone and he has not joined the chorus you know, of those who believe this guy's a murderer or uh, or somehow racism played a role. The guy was threatening and menacing people on a subway. Three people, one of whom was black, uh, subdued him and wrestled him to the ground. You know, a, a Marine put him in a chokehold, apparently too long, and uh, unintentionally caused his death. But Eric Adams understands that African-Americans, as much as anybody, want to fight crime. Yeah, well, what do you, what, what do you predict here? I mean, you say that Eric Adams is going to stand strong. I don't know if he's going to be able to resist the voices of Sharpton and AOC and others that say we need to process this. This is once again, uh, the sign of how America has not uh, escaped its racist past. I mean, listen, there are mixed messages from recent history, right? I mean, you had the recall of the DA in San Francisco. On the other hand, you had a very left wing anti police guy win in Chicago to become mayor. If the Democrats are vulnerable in any issue, it's on crime and on, uh, you know, the economy. And uh, if you have a Republican who makes the case without the insane rhetoric of Trump, then it's a, a strong case on the economy, on foreign affairs, on crime, with, you know, with some culture war stuff about the woke, but not too much. You need a little bit to keep people happy on the right but uh, and you have them, you know, and you have like an African American a second on your ticket, like a guy like Tim Scott. The, the Republicans could easily pull off a, a you know a presidential victory in twenty twenty four, but they can't win with Trump. 
I guess today's theme has been everybody acting according to script. Let's end with some of our our favorite discussion, which of course is the world of the spheroid, the world of the of the kadur, the world that is sports and competitive sports. It seems like LeBron James is something out of. Uh, he is not normal in terms of his talent, his power, his dominance. Oh, LeBron James is unbelievable. You know, in many ways, when I watch him play, he reminds me of you in your youth. <laughs> yeah. The basketball courts of Mary. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I was going to say that Anthony Davis was <laughs> reminded me of you, but um, yes, me and LeBron, we both have that type of spring. But there is something about... Yeah, this idea of, you know, the sleeping giant in the playoff, like uh, till the regular season, I don't give a damn. I don't care if we're, if we're number seven, doesn't make a difference. Something happens. He erupts, takes over, dominates 38 years old. He really is, you know, when you talk about, you know, being the the all time scoring leader, we all remember Kareem at the end of his career. I mean, it was just the sky hook and without magic and all the other people around him. Right. I don't, uh, Kareem would have just been, you know, he'd be ready for the, you know, ready for the retirement home. But, but LeBron, it doesn't seem like, you know, whatever sort of breaks and nicks and knacks. No, it's unbelievable. The guy is unbelievable. And unlike Michael Jordan, he never failed at baseball. <laughs> yeah. Also, <laughs> you know, people have talked about, you know, this is the ultimate debate, LeBron versus Michael. And there's a lot of people out there that says, no, no, Michael is the, the, is the best of all time. And of course, LeBron actually wore 23, you know, to show his devotion and a homage to Jordan. But the, the one thing, and, and still, I, I think despite Jordan's tremendous effect on the game and how he re-energized and how he was able to, you know, win with one team, uh, so many championships, you know, I, I think in pure super talent, you probably have to say that LeBron has it over him, but in terms, I guess, of, you know, this aspect of beyond, uh, this, I'm going to play no matter what, what would you call the, uh, the fealty to the game? I, I would say Jordan is probably still the, you know, the supreme player of our time. And of course, we saw Dr. J and, and, and so many other great players. But I, you know, I would say, you know, there's the one thing we can end with, you know, you know, one of the things that, uh, who was it that said, shut up and dribble? Oh, I forgot already. But I think I, I think when LeBron and some others were making some yeah yeah you know, some political uh, statements, and I think in that way, I think LeBron has been maybe just a product of his time. Jordan did not go out there and 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 and, and right, what did he say and, about Republicans by Nike also or something? I forget. Right? Yeah, Republicans by Nike too. I mean, Jordan was basically just a shill for all the you know. For yeah, LeBron for, has certainly been more out there with BLM. He was more out there with George Floyd. Absolutely. And I think that's probably sport. I, I don't think sports is ever going to go back to the, to that day. You know, Tom Brady retired. I'm sure you're happy about that, but I think, I think it's going to be in constant. I think the Bud Light controversy has dampened the enthusiasm in corporate offices about taking your political stances. So I uh, think maybe you'll see maybe a little less of it going forward. I don't know. Bud Light certainly uh, shot themselves in the, in the foot on this one. Listen, most people watch sports. You know, as a distraction from the world, people don't want to. No, I, I know basketball is not your wheelhouse because your 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 wonderful city that you hail from. What's going on? Why didn't Pittsburgh ever get an NBA team? What's the problem? We had that? an ABA team before the merger called the Pittsburgh Condors. 
I actually <laughs> went to their last game as a young <laughs> And uh, yeah, but Pittsburgh does not have an NBA team, weirdly, you know. Yeah, isn't that strange? I it's mean, they, strange. They, they, they have the Penguins. And they have, of course, the Pirates. Yeah, the Pirates. Why? Why was it that Pittsburgh didn't have a basketball team? That's a strange thing. I don't know. It's it's not you know. But again, you know, the, the city to feel bad for today is Oakland. I mean, they had a great football team and a great baseball team. Vida Blue died. Oh, Vida Blue just died. Yes, yes. Yeah, and yeah. and Oakland yeah. and the A's are moving to Vegas. Yeah. And I, 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 I want to uh, tell our listeners, you know, if they're looking for sports documentaries to watch. They could do worse than watching Reggie. I would say the Emeritus Rex sports column. We're going to say, I, I think Reggie is worth watching. And look, as, as you know, anybody that can be known as Mr. October, I would say, you know, I, I'm here with. I'm Mr. February. Mr. February. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why. He's ready. He's ready all the time. Thanks, my friends. We'll catch you hopefully next time. Next week, our special Yo Mirashalim special. Be well, everybody. Take care. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.